1: of weeks ago Nintendo had their Nintendo Direct and they gave us a whole bunch of information on games that are going to be coming up, games that they're working on and will be released soon. And I was going to talk about it last week but instead we had our Epic D&D game which I'm hoping that if you guys have not yet listened to it, go ahead and listen to it. It was our third session, we had a lot of fun. But I did want us to talk about some of this stuff because again, while Nintendo is not necessarily having the impact that it has had in the past, it is still putting out a lot of quality products. And there are some others that are, like I said, going to be coming out soon. So we'll start and go through some of the the video. I'm assuming both of you actually watched the video as well.
0: Not in oh, yeah. entirety, but I caught the highlights.
1: Okay. All right. Because unfortunately what's happening now is that they are, they saw the success that Skylander, as Skylanders mm. has, has had, with Activision as being the money maker, so they are constantly talking about Amiibos now. And because none of us are really that interested in that, I'm going to assume you guys aren't really that interested. If you are, that's fine. But no, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I
2: kind of am.
1: You are okay. That's fine. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> I I am not at all. <laughs> that said, that woolly Yoshi. <laughs>
2: Hell yeah. (laughs) That's
1: where I kind of, I'm looking at, okay, where exactly did I put that line in the sand? (laughs) Because that shit is cute as hell. (laughs) But overall, I, I don't go play at anybody else's house. So it doesn't hold much appeal. That said, some of the new ones that they're putting out now are actually... Whether it's adding levels or allowing you to unlock different things. Some of the games like that, um, that Steam one allows you to import characters that you wouldn't otherwise put into the game. Things like that. That's good cool. reason now. Yeah. Even then not enough of a reason to be forking over as much as those little bastards cost.
2: But if it's yeah. something that you really want, all right but here's the thing, right? Like a lot of retail stores and at least up here, and I don't know if this is different are constantly running sales on Amiibos to try to get them turned over. Um, like I picked yeah, up as long I, as you want one of the three they have in stock and have 500 units of each. Haven't had that problem. Like I walked into a local target and they had a pretty wide range of mm-hmm. that. All the Wave one, ones all of the Wave one, ones at like 50% wow. off. And so like, that happens fairly regularly up here because a lot of the people, and it's going to vary per region, obviously your mileage is mm-hmm. going to vary, but it up here it's not really that big of a thing. The Wii U doesn't have that big of a hold. But like for me, I actually enjoy the idea of the Amiibos. I like what they're doing with some of them. I play at different friends' houses quite a bit, and they come over Definitely here. That's so a big having- one.
1: What's that? That's the big one right there.
2: Yeah. So because I have that ability where like we'll play smash at each other's houses or we'll get together over beers and do whatever. The idea that I can have that save cartridge with me, so to speak, is phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the old Gauntlet series where you used to have the uh, the uh little card oh, you yeah. take from arcade to yeah, arcade. Yeah, yeah. I still have mine. And I love that. I love that idea of having like that personalized option. Uh, and then you have stuff like, and I'll just jump right to it. Splatoon when they're talking Mm -hmm. about what they're doing with their Amiibos is actually really. I agree. I agree. So like you have the ideas of special missions, special unlocks, different gear, um, the idea of being able to carry scores from ranked modes with you, like, those are all really cool concepts that could translate very well to a lot of other games.
1: That's where, like we were just saying, that's where they might get me, depending on the price. But if the price is acceptable, that is... That's where, again, I'm looking at my line in the sand and trying to decide if I'm going to cross it or not because it's a slippery slope from there on because you might want one to day. keep collecting them.
2: these seven. What's another 15? Well, one day an amiibo is just going to show up in the mail nicely packaged with a bow for Roger with his name on it with no return address. And he's just going to open up that box and he's going to look down and he's just going to be like, God damn it. God damn it.
1: That little collector part of my brain is like, yippee.
2: Well That's the other thing too like, they're catching, they're cashing in on that market for like those little kids, like my neighbor, they have like a small kid. he doesn't have like a a Wii or anything like that, but God damn, does he not scream for those? Okay, let me ask now, how much are you
1: paying when you're getting them on sale?
2: Uh, it's anywhere from I've seen them as low as seven dollars up to what? Uh, up to like ten percent off, to like the max price. What is the max
1: price on those little things? I haven't actually shopped for them, so I have no clue we, what they're selling for.
2: I don't know, Vince. You're the retail expert. Do you remember? I don't pay attention to to the Amiga. Okay, I'm gonna have to look I, that up. I'm I, curious.
0: I, I, I only pay attention to the like uh, the availabilities. I said, at least in my store, there's a big scarcity of the, the like the like the more rare ones. We have, like I said, we have tons of the common ones, but. We have a lot of uh, people who come in and just like wreck the shelf for reselling. So what are yeah, the rare it's, ones? It's, it's I difficult. Think it's,
2: I think it's like twenty bucks or so.
0: Sounds about right. Wow, that's a lot. What's, I think it's even? I, I think I'm thinking like fourteen ninety nine, maybe.
1: What are the rare ones? I mean, Mal was saying that in the audience too, but he wasn't sure which ones are. What are the rare ones? Some of the rare ones.
0: Uh, well, I, I know for a fact my store had – well, not my store, but Target in general. They had an exclusive on the uh, – what's her name? The princess from Mario Galaxy.
2: Mm, uh, oh, God. What's her name? Sal- Saloon?
0: Saluna? Nah, I don't know. What, what, whoever that was, like that was a Target exclusive. The green lady. Yeah. And um, there's – an Meta Knight's rare.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. What's that?
0: Meta Knight. Okay. Because there's a lot that they just stopped manufacturing. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever is out there is it. And like I, I know I've read a lot of reports that even some of like the newer waves, like there's kind of a manufactured scarcity of they're only producing a limited amount of these that even though they know – like they have to know if they made 10 times more, they would sell 10 times more. But for whatever reason, they're not manufacturing that many. Yeah, so by putting like a scarcity
1: like, to them is going to make certain that the next waves that they bring right. out for different other ones will sell a lot faster because people will be like, oh, crap, get it now before it goes.
2: Well, I understand like villager Amiibo. I know is going for a hundred dollars online. What? Uh, Yeah. Like close to a hundred dollars. Charizard, Charizard, you can't even find. And if you can find it, it's like upwards of a hundred and some odd dollars. Captain Falco Captain Falcon's 50 to 60 ish average Um, stuff like Bowser. You can pick up for $10 because nobody wants Bowser. Um, There's there's a it's a really rare amount of like it's a weird amount of scarcity, like it's it doesn't make sense like you wouldn't think that they that some of these were going to be that scarce Hmm. like toon link you figure that that would be something that they'd want like you know that would be rare nope you can pick that up for like 10 12 bucks
0: man i'm looking Uh, like i I, I, just for the heck of it i googled and there's like a scarcity guide that ign has (laughs) fox and metanite in america are rare but in canada they're uncommon so
1: you're saying if i go check there might be some yeah <laughs> slap that shit up on
0: ebay for all the crazy you, amiibo people probably make a ton of money i <laughs> yeah, awesome. like shulk from xenoblade is pretty much Rosalina,
2: that's her name yeah that's the one. Oh god she goes for a lot holy hell
0: yeah but again target had them in stock for two weeks and they were never seen again the again the thing
1: is is that with what they're doing by adding in whether it's levels or unlocking different things. I keep going back again to, and I wish I could remember it's for code name steam, but I can't remember if it, I think it was fire emblem characters. Wasn't it? That you Sounds could about right, yeah. that you could import into Codename Steam, yeah. yeah. It was, it that, was like Marth and them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's freaking and Marth, awesome.
2: And Marth is one of the the ones that is fairly expensive too, so that yeah. makes sense. So
1: those are those Warth are is cool listed ladies.
2: as a unicorn to tell you how
0: rare that one is. Wow, <laughs> but <laughs> I, it has yeah, a restock so coming up.
1: And see, that's yeah. something that I can see my son liking quite a bit as well because he is like Super Smash Bros. For him is like the holy grail of gaming. He he loves that game and it's funny because again we aren't huge fighting game guys and yet that for him is his game he loves it and he's got it for his 3ds and i bought it for him for the wii u so he plays it on both so like they're going to be introducing mewtwo for super smash bros well freaking amiibo for that then he can plunk that sucker on his 3ds or the wii u and be able to play with That's freaking awesome for somebody who likes it. And he does actually at his school, they have tournaments. You know it's like a Japanese thing where they have clubs. Well, there's a fighting club, a Super Smash Bros. fighting club. you know what
2: That's not uncommon. Like <laughs> they have projectors
1: just like have them. yeah, <laughs> I thought that was hysterical, and they have competitions, rankings, everything. So for him, something like that to be able to bring again and be to class and just plunk it down and have it save, that's freaking awesome.
2: It's a market that I think is going to surprise a lot of people, and and it's going to also depend on if they make uh, certain ones that can contain more than just what their own data is at any point in time, and charge like maybe a little bit more for people that don't want to collect them all. I don't know. I think I think we're going to see Amiibos on most of the houses that have We use at some point
1: again with the, the success of Skylanders, and now with how well this is doing. And Apparently, Infinity, don't
2: forget Infinity yeah, as well.
1: Infinity is doing well. The Infinity one, oh, that's another one where I look at those and it's like, oh.
2: I like, would collect those. When they have I the think, special I costume? To <laughs> listening, but I got her one for her birthday. <laughs> Which one did you get? <laughs> I bought the I bought the uh, the Avengers starter pack for the Wii U. For
1: <laughs> awesome, way to go! <laughs> I yeah. When I see some of those that have like the special costumes, it's like, oh man, that's the kind of shit I would just plonk down in front of my computer. I don't care if I ever use them. <laughs> I'll just yeah, have like the, them there. The
0: character designs they went with for the Marvel characters are just awesome.
1: Yeah, they are. And, of course, we're going to be talking about Lego's answer to this in a little bit as well, which, yeah. again, that's another one where I'm looking at my line in the sand, and I'm wondering if I'm going to cross it because, <laughs> God damn, does that ever look awesome. Okay, let's uh, keep moving on here. There was a, a Lucas thing that you were going to talk about, Vince. Well,
0: yeah, they announced... Uh, in the Super Smash Brothers that a couple of new characters are coming in, uh, Mewtwo and Lucas. And here's the thing. Okay. God damn it, Nintendo. <laughs> Lucas is a character from mother three. Uh, the predecessor mother two was released uh, in the West as earthbound. And it has become a cult classic. One of the most revered and respected games of the 16 bit generation. People have been waiting Now, almost nine years for Mother 3 because it came out in 2006. Nintendo refuses to localize it. Yet, for the (laughs) second (laughs) Smash Brothers game in a row, they put fucking Lucas in there just to mess with us because they know, they know we want that, like we like that character. They know we want that game. Yet, in the era of digital downloads and the eShop, and I could. Get in my 3DS and buy damn near any game that's ever been created by Nintendo, except that one. It's a freaking Game Boy Advance game. There's no way it costs that
2: much to localize it. (laughs) Stop sticking this character in our faces if we're never going to be able to play this goddamn game. See, that's why you got to get yourself a Retron 5, because it's not region locked, and then you can play it. And learn Japanese. I swear to God, if there's
1: one language that (laughs) is worth learning if you're a gamer freaking Japanese or Korean. One of those two. It's well worth the time investment so you can play their games. Uh,
2: You go to school for Japanese studies just to learn the language.
1: Dude, I would. Okay, If I had the time, if I was younger, I would.
2: Funny story because I just had a new hire. I just interviewed somebody whose major in college was Japanese studies specifically to learn Japanese so he could play import games. I am not joking. I almost hired him on the spot. No kidding. I would have. Had I known at the time, I would have taken
0: the Japanese course that was offered at my high school.
1: I think it would have taken you a little bit longer than the six years it took you to finish high school.
0: But it would have given me a foundation. This is true. This is true. Latin hasn't helped much in life.
1: <laughs> French doesn't help me all that much either. Okay. Um, there was another thing with the amigos, Amiibos as well. The um the Nintendo's greatest bits they're calling it, where they're going to be embedding different demos, like three minute long demos into different Amiibos. And they're going to make it random, of course, so that you have to freaking keep trying to buy more. That part I wasn't that crazy about, but again, money-making thing to get people to buy more of them. So that's definitely going to sell some more of those suckers off the shelf. They also talked about it being the 30th anniversary of Mario. Of course, they talked some more about Mario Maker, I can't remember if either of you were interested in that. I really am not. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, They did talk about the new Yoshi Woolly World. You, know, I, you played the crap out of the the last one, right? The yarn I, one?
2: I played the the crap out of Yoshi's Island. I played the crap out of uh, Kirby's uh, The Yarn Adventure, which was actually a lot better than people thought it was. Yeah. Um, This aims to be exactly the same. It's like it's like those two had a love baby and it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, The visuals are fantastic. It's going to have the same type of gameplay as uh, Yoshi's Island, just updated graphics and cool new things like that whole. I don't know why, but I really, really like the idea of having environments sort of like a storybook that you can interact with kind of like a child's like I remember this from when I was a kid. We used to do, like, little scenes and stuff like that with yarn and bits and things like that. It's, like, it's just kind of cool to see that kind of be a mainstream game, and that makes me super happy. Yeah. And and the controls look tight. Like, everything looks like it's got that same classic feel to it, which is super cool. I don't know. I've been in a retro kick lately, and this just hit every single button.
1: It did look good. I will say that. It's still – it's kind of like the yarn one, still not up my alley completely, but I can certainly appreciate – how great it looks and that the gameplay looks solid for sure. For sure. And
2: and that's one thing I will say for those of you who aren't into the yarn thing. Like I said that about the, the Kirby uh, yarn adventure for the Wii when it came out, I was like, Oh, this is, you know, not for me, not for me, not for me. I rented it from, I think it was Redbox for like a dollar. I played it and I was like, wow, this is really, really good. If the gameplay is engaging, the story is fun and the controls are tight. Give it a shot. Like yeah. I'm just going to recommend that to anybody out there. I'm not. I haven't played this game yet, but at least try it. Don't be put off just by the visuals of it. There's, there was a huge, wonderful game in in Kirby. I have a feeling we're going to get a big surprise in this one as well. Okay.
1: Let's move on to Splatoon because they are really pushing this, and with good reason. It is an original IP for them. It is a. a it's a first-person shooter, but it's not really a shooter, but it is, and so this is important for them. It's and so,
0: whatever the hell it is, yeah,
1: really. <laughs> and the more we hear about it, the, the the better it sounds. And this actually gave us
0: yet more
1: information. And again, it was everything I'm hearing. It's this is almost at the point where it's going to be a pre-order for me. I'm that excited for this title.
2: This, I think, is one of the ones that I've seen the most people excited for consistently. And that's very surprising to me because it's got that sort of Team Fortress feel to it. It's got the third person shooter aspect to it. It's got the arena feel to it, but it's got this wonderful, inky blobbiness to it that is just phenomenal. Did you guys ever play De Blob back in the day? Yes. Mm hmm. This has that same earmarks of those incredibly engaging gameplay on top of that, where it's controlling zones and painting, not necessarily just getting kills or anything like that. And I think that's what people really enjoy about it is there's so much more to it. And then we get even more information Now we talked about the Amiibos and uh, I'll just kind of reiterate that just a little bit. There's going to be three available. There's going to be the boy Amiibo, the girl Amiibo, Amiibo or Splatoon squid person inklings. Inklings. And then there's going to be the actual like squid inkling, which is only going to be available on a special three pack. But I need that in my life. I know you do. (laughs) I'm going to buy the three pack I'm not a good front. I'm buying the three pack. (laughs) But the idea that it unlocks special single-player missions is amazing, and goddammit, their marketing is smartening up. Um, I don't know about you, but I really like the idea of the battle dojos. Oh, no kidding. The 1v1, get to learn the environments, which is really cool, because that's one of the problems that a lot of these type of arena-style games has, is that if you're just kind of thrust into it. You have no clue what the hell's going on. Really easy to get overwhelmed. Really easy to just kind of like lose yourself here. You can go one-on-one and just kind of learn how things go. Well, especially in
1: a shooter uh, because it is still, it's a first person shooter. So even though it's a quirky fun one, I can see a lot of people getting frustrated or be a little bit afraid of diving in. And this does nothing but encourage that.
2: But then here's the other thing about it. So the Battle Dojo uh, is actually a local player Mm co-op. So one player can use the gamepad as the dedicated screen and the other one uses the TV. The the games that do this are absolutely phenomenal. This is one of the things we talked about with before when we talked about Zombie U, which is one I actually really liked that game because of that, because the multiplayer was super cool. And you don't see too many games now have local co-op.
1: I agree. Oh. I agree. I I one of the reasons why we got that the U was because of the amount of gaming that I do with all of the kids. Because yeah, three of them don't live here anymore, but they're pretty much always here and they all like doing games with us as well. Of course, I mean, Jesus, the food is. Well, there's mm. that in the laundry. <laughs> but no, like I mean, <laughs> they come here for like Mario Kart afternoons and we'll play Mario Kart for a while. So when I look at the disappointment of that screen not really being used, like like even Mario Kart, their own IP, flagship IP for them too, you look at what you can do with the screen and it's like, with the exception of just being able to play on the screen if wife is watching something else, but I mean in terms of like if you're racing with other people, it's a joke. It's like, it's useless And it's like such a missed opportunity that
2: there's so many things you would have been able to do with that screen. So I think that in particular suffers from so this is one of my biggest complaints about the Wii U and that particular device. I love my Wii U. It gets a lot of game time. I actually retired my 360 and plugged in my Wii U full time. I like the concepts, but I think the major problem is is that you can't have multiple of those screens hooked up at the same time for engaging gameplay. Like, you know, if you're doing a game like this and you have the ability to hot swap or like pull dirty tricks or things like that, that'd be phenomenal. Um, there's another like other games like Blood Bowl um, while it may never be like. On the Wii U, that type of game where they have things like dirty trick cards or special plays that you're able to pull out uh, that you're not your opponent's not supposed to be able to see, those take great advantage of the screen. And I think that Nintendo is missing out on a huge opportunity here that eventually other the game systems are going to capitalize on, and particularly it's going to wind up being Smart Glass and Xbox and those types of things. It's just, there's so much, I don't know so much about,
1: potential. Yeah, I don't know about smart glass and things yeah, like that because that's, cause kind that's of not falling yeah, off the face theater, really. I'm just but, saying,
2: like, it's going to eventually happen where somebody's going to take advantage of it if it's not Nintendo.
1: What I think is going to happen is that it's going to be phased out because I don't think it's going to be a technology that's going to be mm-hmm. used in the next Wii device or whatever they intend on calling it because they're already working on something else. And I'm willing to bet hard earned money that they will not introduce that kind of screen in the next one. Probably. So, because it's just not being used, which is really too bad.
2: Especially when you have other games that are coming out later on, like when I'm, we're going to talk about a little bit like like games like Fatal Frame. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. The
1: screens use a screen. They are going to be making better use of that screen with the virtual console for the DS stuff. <laughs> that is actually, hallelujah, it's about fucking time <laughs> because how many games come out for the DS that could work beautifully? <laughs> On the, the Wii U. There's no reason not to do it. And finally they're going to do it. So I'm very excited about that. It's not 3DS. But at least it's DS. So the virtual console is going to be adding some Nintendo 64 as well as DS. So that's that's really cool. If if we can see a time when GoldenEye is brought as virtual. Which is highly unlikely. But if it ever could be. I it, That gets me excited to this day cuz i mean <laughs> i can't tell you how many hours that us and the kids all of them played golden eyes <laughs> for for hours on end so and we would do that again that's so yeah they also went through a bunch of indie games and this is where uh i know that like the ps4 is actually being really good with with indie games um microsoft not quite as much they are some but not quite as much but what people need to know is that if you're on the fence about the Wii U but you you do like playing indie games, the support that they give for their indie developers is really impressive. And there's a crap load of indie games that you can already get that play beautifully in 1080p or there's a crap load that are going to be coming out as well that are really look like they're a ton of fun. Plus it's nice because they're not A, they're not as expensive, and then they're they're not quite as long. So it's easy. You have a few hours
2: of fun. It didn't cost you a fortune, and again, it was fun. See, and this is another thing where I think – this is the year of the years plural of indie games, right? Triple A studios are folding up shop, games are flopping, uh franchises are falling through, but these indie games are just coming out of like these disenfranchised game developers. Well, or, it's easier like, too. Or, or up-and-comings too. It's you're right, it is it's absolutely easier to code for them, yeah. Well, it's it's easier, you have less people to please. Um I remember when we used to when we talked with Supergiant Games way back when they were a small studio, they're still not not exactly big. When they only had a certain number of people to answer to, imagine that even smaller. Yeah. Um, the, the perfect example: one of the games that is actually featured in the the indie game uh, breakdown that they gave here, Shoot Shimi, is developed by friends of mine, local friends of oh, mine. Oh, nice! Um, and full disclosure: they, these have been friends of mine for the last twenty years. Um, they're they're good guys. It's a fun game. It is a side scrolling shooter game broken down into 60 second segments because of the memory of a goldfish where you can mutate and try to get scores. And it's phenomenal. It's just a classic indie style uh or you classic as goldfish. Yes, you are a okay. goldfish with arms and guns. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should have led with that, but in a cigar, I believe you still have a cigar. Yes. But I mean, it's phenomenal because it's just, it's one of those things that you didn't goldfish expect. Crew cut. Yeah, it's, it's, Look it up. Seriously, give it some time. It's available now for other other systems for the PC. I believe it's on Xbox Live Arcade. It's going to be on the Wii U, which is phenomenal. They threw a party when they found out it was going to be on uh, the Wii U because they weren't sure if it was going to be. But then and that, that when you said that their developer support for their indie games is phenomenal. I can tell you guys firsthand from from hanging out with my friends and seeing what they went through with Xbox and Microsoft in general and seeing what they went through with Wii U. So much better. Like Nintendo treated them so much better from the very beginning. Yeah. So, S- support indies. You're damn right. And some of these indie games that are coming out
1: really do look like they're going to be so, so much fun. And like I said, there's a crap load of them as
2: well. I wonder how Space Hulk would play on the Wii U with the, touchscreen. I don't. know Oh god, if they could give me a multiplayer Space Hulk, which which is weird because I don't I don't consider Space Hulk an indie game because it's it's actually got a a pretty large pedigree backing it. But yeah, I would love to see a multiplayer with that. For anybody who doesn't know what Space Hulk is, uh it is a 40K, a Warhammer 40K IP address or IP address. IP. IP address. <laughs> you can tell I work in IT. God darn it. Um it's a uh, a 40K IP where a unit of Space Marine Terminators are trying to take uh, take back and sort of go through missions on what's called the Space Hulk. The idea of having multiplayers where one player's controlling the Xenos that have infected it and one player that controls like going through and trying to do the normal controlling of this the the Terminators would be phenomenal, especially if it's a local co-op. Oh, I'd be all over that.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We also got a trailer for Shin Megami Tensei. Fire Emblem crossover, which was freaking awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this was a great trailer. No like, I, I knew this game was coming, and we've seen uh, Atlas has been kind of loaning out their assorted Shimigami Tensei properties for a lot of crossovers. We yeah. saw Persona Q, uh, the the Mystery Dungeon one. I forget exactly what that was, but what those have been is largely like Shimagami Tensei characters and settings but the games have been sort of wholly the uh, like they haven't been a true crossover it's been one ip with the other's mechanics basically But what we're seeing here is actually a true crossover between the core Shin Megami tensei line and fire emblem and it's a really interesting combination because the core smt games are built around like this dark like demon infested city, like it, it's got a lot more horror vibes than some of the other uh lines in the in the franchise. And then you have Fire Emblem, which is this pure sword and sorcery high magic. And you put the two of them together, and it's actually a badass combination. Yeah. And I really can't wait to see like we didn't really see any gameplay, but I really can't wait to see how this is gonna work out because these are two franchises that actually do work really well together. That's the thing, conceptually um, I'm thinking, yeah,
1: this is again. When I was watching this Nintendo Direct, because I I still don't own a 3DS. I could borrow my son's if, if when he's sleeping, I guess that's the only <laughs> time that it's not on playing Super Smash Bros. <laughs> or Monster Hunter. Oh my god, he is playing Monster Hunter like you wouldn't believe. But I'm still I'm I'm actually considering picking one up, and it's it's trailers like this one and some of the ones that we're going to talk about later that have got me thinking like, wow, yeah, these are reasons to buy a console for me. They look that interesting. So then we got some information about, like you were saying earlier, Joe Fatal Frame. We also, I'm not going to go too, too much here because we're, we're running a little long. We got also Box Boy. No, no, that's fine. Um, Pokemon Rumble World, again, for people who were interested in those. There was... Some more on the Puzzle Dragons Z and Puzzle puzzles Puzzle and Dragons Super Mario Bros. edition, which is still something that, I, again, I like those puzzle games. I really like Puzzle Quest and stuff like that. If I had a 3DS and if this is any good, I can see myself playing that Puzzle and Dragons Z one.
0: I played a lot of the original Puzzle and Dragons on my phone and tablet and whatnot. I, I'm a, little unsure about like the retail copy is like, it's not a lot of game for $40. I mean, it's basically puzzle quest. Uh, and they added in like a few RPG elements with the puzzle dragon Z, but in the bundle with the Mario brothers theme, maybe. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was attack on Titan.
1: Humanity <laughs> in chains. This is yet another one that is almost a console seller for me. I, We've never hidden our love of Attack on Titan. And when I saw the trailer for this, and my son too, because I watched Attack on Titan with my son, and he actually plays the browser game. Um, Hmm. When the browser game first came out, I thought, "Eh, this is going to be cheesy. But, I mean, we've talked about it in the past. Browser games are not what they used to be. Because, again, you can code games in HTML5, which you use for iOS, for Android, any number of things. So you can actually have very good browser games. And he had a buddy who was playing uh, Attack on Titan, the, the browser game, and just... Couldn't stop praising it, so he asked if I could check it out, make sure that you know it's not just a virus waiting to happen or something like that. And I <laughs> said, no, everything's fine." And that was months ago, and he still will play that shit for hours on end with his buddies, and they keep upgrading it as well with new abilities, new rules as how you can take the titan down, different modes uh, like PvP modes and different stuff like that. So. If this does anything even remotely close to what the browser game is doing, it will actually be a ton of fun because those mechanics of flying around and slicing at the neck again, you wouldn't think so, but wind up playing really, really smoothly, so sure we're great with the touchscreen, oh yeah, like this would be really quite cool on the on the three d s They did talk some more again about codename steam i the way they were talking, it almost sounds like it's not doing quite as well as they'd hoped, though. I don't know if you guys got that impression as well.
0: I think it's sold well. Just people are disappointed with the product and they're trying to kind of rectify that.
2: Yeah. yeah, I get the same impression.
1: They went on to talk some more about some um, Ultimate Anger, Battleground Z, and Street Pass, Me Plaza Premium. Eh, nothing too extravagant. Don't really care. And then they went on to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3D which is yet another one that is almost a reason to buy a console.
0: (laughs) We're we're starting to get a lot of those right now. I'm currently sitting on about easily eight or ten unfinished games. I'm turning into Roger over here. (laughs) Shut up. Because there's just been way too many great sales lately. (laughs) But I also have next week off work, and I could easily buy a new 3DS and Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. That's going to happen. So guess what's going to (laughs) happen? Probably... (laughs) Yeah, so it
1: it looks fantastic, obviously. The reviews
0: have been great. They said it's, I mean, the original game is hailed as a masterpiece, and they're like, it loses a little something in the conversion to handheld, but if you haven't played it, there's no other legal way to play it, because good luck finding the Wii version anywhere. Hmm.
1: Then they toss some more about the new Fire Emblem, which they still haven't named, but goddamn, don't it look awesome. I like what they're doing. Jesus, does it ever look good, And put that as another notch for a reason to buy one because
0: again the just make it happen Raj. yeah I'm. it's worth it it. (laughs) it's worth (laughs)
1: it (laughs) yeah but dude you're the one that just smart ass remark about how many games that i have that i haven't finished true this one's you can take with you yeah where i don't go anywhere (laughs) the bathroom (laughs) that's why i've got my freaking vita but uh, again (laughs) I, i might very well
0: Holsters, man. Holsters. Yeah, it's, it's, Is that why you've been logged into Persona 4 for the last three months? I am not. Am I really? <laughs> uh, it was a good two weeks straight every time I logged into PSN or you were playing Persona 4. No, it's exactly because I had it open. It. No, I had it open. I just had it open and then I... <laughs>
1: that way whenever I, I, I want to play, I can quickly go in, do a few things and then quickly get out. But yes. Okay. Uh, they also talked about Animal Crossing. Some. I... I don't play that. It's not really up my alley. But, man, I know some people who are crazy about the game. So I can see them being very happy about this. And then, finally, the Mario Kart 8 DLC stuff, which is awesome because more tracks, more carts, more people to play as. More speed! And the faster 200ccs. That's awesome, too. That's, Mercedes again...
0: It's insane on some of those tracks.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Oh, it is. Because, uh, man, as it is, some of the ones that are now, <laughs> out now, like, it's freaking tough. Granted, we get a little competitive <laughs> when we play. <laughs> and then they we're talking about Amiibos for this as well, too, which, again, that could be fairly cool. If it unlocks different, be it tracks, cars, or whatever... I would probably wind up picking some up just for that. <laughs> Hell,
2: even if it gave me a different Chroma skin for whatever racer I, the, the amiibos for, I'll buy one. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, again, I was not impressed with the price of the the game when it first came out and I, and I hold to that as well, but I wound up getting it where it was a sale where if you bought it, you got another game for free and I wound up getting, I think it was Mario or was it, L- it might've been uh, a Zelda. I can't remember which one. So that was fine. I, I didn't mind that. And the game itself, though, is phenomenal. Like I mean, the racing is as solid as any other Mario Kart has been. It's just handles beautifully. The tracks are fantastic. It's nice seeing the tracks from all the different generations of Nintendo consoles and stuff like that. So uh, whenever the DLC comes out, as long as it's not too much, I'll, I will pick it up. And I've already prepaid for both those DLC that added the tracks and the uh, the new user, so I will be getting this one.
2: the uh, The ear pier- piercing shrill of joy that I heard from the other room when <laughs> Renee found out that there was a 200 CC <laughs> mode uh, guarantees that no matter how much it costs, we will have it in this house. Yep.
1: All right. That was pretty much it for the Nintendo Direct video. And uh, like I said, there was more so than the last couple, actually.
0: That's probably the best Direct they've done in a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah. there was a lot of stuff that had me scratching my head saying, God damn, I'm probably going to wind up buying (laughs) (laughs) 3DS. But at least I can get a new one that looks better, that has a better 3D. (laughs) So I can have a 3DS where I actually use the 3D. That would be awesome.
0: Well, let's not get crazy. No.
1: Has there been reports out that it's really not that good?
0: Uh, I have I haven't no read. idea. Okay, yeah, I haven't but read to I, see. No, I've, I've heard it's a great improvement, but still, I'll probably still have the 3D off.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some other news. Some of the best news that we heard initially was a rumored and then almost immediately confirmed was the new Deus Ex game. Vince, I'll let you take
0: yeah and they also had this bizarre like two day long live stream that was like this weird interpretive art I don't know what the hell they were doing (laughs) but the ultimate (laughs) purpose of it was yes we are getting a new Days X game Mankind Divided taking place two years after Human Revolution and it just looks fucking awesome coming out on PC Xbox One, PS4 it's kind of like cyberpunk X-Men <laughs> where <laughs> the society has been completely divided over the the augmenteds and their rights and their roles in society. Meanwhile, you have a badass Russian Magneto who's inciting riots about how the augmenteds, you know, deserve their rightful place in society and if it's not going to be given to them, they're going to take it. So, it the storyline is pretty much exactly what you'd want out of the deus ex game at this point really diving into a lot more moral dilemmas and whatnot and they've gone on to say that player choice is going to be that much more important in this game because it's one of the shortcomings that was in human revolution was your actions as a player really didn't affect much in the game which is kind of a hallmark of deus ex but they they've gone on on record multiple times of saying that they've noticed the problems in human revolution and are intending to fix up yeah
2: did they, did they mention if they outsource boss fights again? I'm, sur- I, I'm oh, man, sure. I'm pretty sure they've got that one handled.
1: Yeah, I think they learned their lesson there.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you look at God, the game is just gorgeous. Like it's ridiculous, and they're saying, of course, Adam is going to have all kinds of new powers and gizmos available. Looks like there's an awful lot of weapon customization, which is really exciting, and. His badass shield thing that he used at the end of the the first trailer. So I am beyond hyped for this game. This is day one, absolute must buy. I don't care. I will. I will violate my own mantra and pre-order this game. <laughs> oh, wow. You pre-order this,
1: I can pre-order Batman. <laughs> 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 the only thing that a lot of people are disappointed is that you're not going to be able to import your save from um, Human Revolution. Eh. So that was that. TikTok Aside from people.
0: choosing three different flavors, or flavors of ending, there was really yeah. nothing worth importing. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. And like I said it's not like I said your decisions that you made throughout the game were largely inconsequential.
1: So yeah, very exciting news, and it looks gorgeous. My goodness, it like, looks amazing. Jesus, yeah, that on a PS4, <sighs> wow, or that on my 5K, <gasps> yes, <gasps> that's yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you need a minute?
1: Uh, I actually hadn't thought of that. See, I don't. I still don't think of games in those terms yet because the machine is relatively new. But every once in a while, I'll catch myself and say, "I could play this shit in 4K." Yes. Okay, let's move on. I mentioned earlier that Lego was going to be doing the same thing as Skylanders, Amiibos, and whatnot. They're doing, they're calling it Dimensions. And this was also announced last week and made a lot of people very happy. And again, it's their answer to Skylanders, Infinity, Amiibos. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the minifigs that you can buy. But you're going to be getting to start off with, they're going to have a starter pack, which is going to be 100 bucks, And that's coming out September 27th. And you're looking at being able to get it for basically all the consoles: 360, one, PS3, PS4, and the Wii U. Nothing about PC. So that's a little disappointing, actually, but not surprising.
0: No, Skylanders and all aren't available for that either. Yeah. Are they?
1: I don't know if any of them are available for the PC. I don't PC. think so. No? Okay. Okay, it shows how much I looked into it. They're partnering with Warner Brothers and Traveler's Tales who helped them make the existing Lego game. So you're going to get the same quality. And then it's going to use all of the, 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 the IPs and the themes that they've used previously for their Lego games, like the Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, and different DC comic book characters, which is freaking awesome to be able to blend that all. Like the trailer showed up. And speaking of which... Joel McHale from community with this trailer. I don't know about you guys, but I actually thought the trailer was pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) I liked it. So it shows off the portal thing that the the device comes with the starter pack and the starter pack is going to come with Gandalf, Batman and Wildstyle who is from the Lego movie and then you can put up to seven characters or vehicles or items on the pad at the same time and that's going to determine what's going to be in your game. And there It's actually really cool because yeah, none is. of the other
0: stuff can give you that much options at once.
1: That's again pretty freaking awesome to be able to again if you're going to somebody else's houses or you know somebody's got a special, and it's there. I can easily see this being something where I buy, like my my daughter, <laughs> a little minifig, and say, "Just keep this on your keychain or in your purse, kind of thing." And whenever you come, there's your character, and she would flip. She's in her mid twenties, and she would flip over that. So being able to mess around with that, and the fact that they're already planning ahead to the different expansions already for this year, like the next one is going to be themed around Back to the Future. Ugh. And then Done. the Lego Ninjago. Yep. Like that's the kind of stuff that is just going to be a ton of fun. So, again, that's another one where I think that might be one that I, I pick up. I It just,
2: I don't know. I don't if there's know. a shortage of Lego things like for this game in Canada, it's because of Roger. Yeah,
1: it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. Another cool video that we saw last week, and I, I thought this was freaking cool as hell because we've been talking about VR stuff now for a while. Whenever news comes out about VR, I get excited and all that. But this was <laughs> just like a ghetto VR setup that somebody did with an Android-based phone, and you can get either a Google Cardboard thing that you can How fold into. How long has into- Google
0: Cardboard been a thing? Uh, I don't know. I have that <laughs> I was, the first- was a joke.
1: <laughs> Apparently not. So you get this Google Cardboard that you can fold into to look kind of like a VR helmet, a headset. You can also buy one that's more plastic and a little bit more. You can customize the size and whatnot. And that's the one that the dude was using for this. And so you drop your iPhone in there. Or not iPhone, actually, an Android device. And then he was using some open source software to split the video in two. And then to send it via cable to the Android device. And then plant that on his head. And he set it up so that it was tracking properly. And then played Elite Dangerous with VR. And being able to move his head to move the the camera wherever he wanted. And to aim and shoot and stuff like that. And while the guy said, you know, it wasn't as accurate as he's used to playing. And it took him a little while to get the hang of it. And he also said that the... Things were kind of stretched a little. It wasn't perfectly round. Although he didn't spend that much time setting it up also. If he spent a little bit more time, it might be a little bit better. But he even he was saying like while well, he was passing, I can't remember if it was the sun or the uh, a sun or a planet, saying how impressive and large it was compared to normal gameplay. And it just looked like it would be a ton of fun as like an afternoon project if you already own a an Android phone that's decent, that looks good, just to be able to mess around. Like, I mean, the the freaking Google Cardboard thing cost next to nothing, and even the plastic one was really not expensive at all. For, you know, 20 bucks or so, you could be messing around with something that, while not as impressive as what the true VRs are going to be when they come out, still looked like it was a ton of
0: fun. This is the most awesome, hilarious thing I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Again, I don't have an Android phone because if I did, I'd be trying this just for shits and giggles because it just, again, even the, the, granted, this dude really wasn't the kind that you would, he doesn't get excitable. He was, he was fairly relaxed, <laughs> but even he was saying how impressive it was in terms of presence. Like once you get used to the controls and all that, just that feeling of being immersed in that world and for Elite Dangerous to be able to do that, that'd be Freaking cool as shit. I would
2: like that very much. We also Mm -hmm. got
1: some Crowfall
2: news. Joe, I'll let you take that. So we got a couple different things here. First, I'm going to talk about war stories. Now, there's a reason I'm going to talk about war stories. Do you remember how we were talking uh, previously about Crowfall and how there's a pedigree behind this, in particular Shadowbane? Mm Mm-hmm and how Shadowbane was that weird game that everybody seems to remember and has all these bright spots for a lot of MMO gamers because it was a very community-driven game, that's what War Stories is about. And if you have four minutes of time, I highly recommend you sit down and take a look at it. Like, I've had a bunch of misgivings about the game as of late, like, kind of worrisome and just kind of, like, on the fence. Like, I'm not all in like Roger was. Uh, but after watching this, a lot of my fears have kind of been sort of trampled down and put to the side because you see the passion that they have for that type of community, that they want to build something along those same lines and the fondness that they remember Shadowbane with. I think it's kind of an important item, right? I think it's something that everybody should take into consideration. Also, because the video has a guinea pig Assassin's Creed in the background. That was
1: a, a, a an April Fool's joke thing that they did. And yep. then people started signing a petition that they wanted in the game. And it was like, <laughs> yes, look at that thing. you damn right I want it in the game. It's also, it's freaking Joe Madrera. Yes. <laughs> it's in the video. I was like, oh, you got to give him props for that. That's kind of freaking awesome. For people who don't know, he's actually a fairly well known comic book artist and a game designer. I didn't know he was mm-hmm. a game designer.
0: Yeah, he was the art designer on uh, Reckoning. Oh, right. So, yeah, that was awesome. Oh, no, that was McFarlane. No. Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I get yeah. the
0: two overrated artists mixed up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, Madera's great. He just can't make a deadline. That's because he's awesome. No, but, and Modera was uh, Darksiders. That's the one.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. That, that okay. What else did you have for uh, Crowfall there? So from there, we also started to get some more information about, well, what is called ghosts in the machine or thralls. It's actually kind of an interesting concept. Um, So thralls are the souls of fallen warriors and craftsmen that kind of get left behind after they've died and people flee from the hunger, kind of leaving them behind. Uh, So it's kind of that old sort of wives tale where ghosts are spirits that still have unfinished business while they have unfinished business they can't go to their final rest so what better way to make use of them than players actually use them to become guards or craftsmen or things along those nature or things of that nature and it's kind of an interesting concept as you go through the world you find these these souls that you can try to uh contain essentially or sort of act as a grim reaper where you're trying to like hey, you're going to die. Your entire land is going to be consumed by the hunger and you're going to be stuck in this limbo forever. That sucks. Let me offer you a deal. And it's kind of a, it's kind of cool. And I got a job yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah. But this deal is going to be, well, I need some guards. Or, well, I need a smith. You happen to be one. Uh, why don't you come back to my eternal realm here and uh, we'll work something out where you work for me for, we'll say, five years. And then I'll, I'll let you go back to, to paradise or sleep it's kind of cool. I kind of like the idea that it, it it gives you something else to look for in the game world. And it gives a personality to your guards or to your craftsmen yeah. and things along those lines. And your thralls are going to have things like stats, just like your mounts do. Um, you get to choose where they serve. So you can look at your stats kind of like, I don't know, garrisons, uh, but better because then you can say, well, you're better suited for guard duty. You're better suited to be a crafter. You should be training other people how to hit things harder and better. And it's really kind of cool. I, I, I like that concept. I think it's really kind of nifty.
1: I think it was. it's interesting, although they played it off too much as a light side kind of they're not really slaves you're offering them this chance at redemption all this and i'm going no man play it straight up villain <laughs> like you're capturing souls forcing them to work and fight for you be the badass that you know is
2: inside of you or, or just claim or just claim viking rights what's wrong with that you're offering them a chance at valhalla i mean come on so, if you want to play if you want to play the hero at least be a straight shooter about it yeah
1: so, it'll be interesting if they do give us that option, however. I would like to see not just light side kind of conversation options, but, like, just straight up villain. Just, you're you're enslaving them and forcing them to work. <laughs> well, just, we know what Roger's going to RP. They're going to be. Yeah, damn right. It'll Have you awesome. met Sir Reginald? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Have we met? Okay, let's move That's on. To, we got another video, this time a gameplay video, for Trine 3. And if you weren't excited about it after the
2: intro trailer, you should be after this gameplay footage. This is a phenomenal introduction to the actual game and how it's going to play and how the mechanics of each character works. If you are not familiar with the Tryon series at all, which you probably should correct that, and I really recommend that because the games are cheap. There's no reason. Go, people. Buy it. This gives you a great introduction to like Pontius. Pontius is the big lumbering, beefy fighter guy. And you get to see him rolling boulders, smashing things, gliding on his shield. And, and I thought it was really interesting. He has really janky movement <laughs> and it fits perfectly for this big lumbering monster. And I absolutely adore it. I, it just and he's got that weird little face where it just looks like he's like that little kid in giant armor. And I love it. Yeah. Um, Zoya was probably the most impressive gameplay of the three Uh, she uh, think of Assassin's Creed but platforming only like you're not just have to go kill things and you're not just diving off the buildings with these weird inflections you're using your lines to crawl on walls and swing from different areas and it's really cool there was a really awesome visual effect as she's going from vine to vine uh, back to uh, forward to back where the screen starts tilting slightly in the direction that she's moving. And it adds a sort of awesome light bending feel to it. I also thought it was really cool how they showcased her using her, uh, grapple and line to hold things open, and how she had to interact not just with the item that she was using, but also the environment in order to figure out how to keep things uh, from closing behind her, or how to uh, pull things out that she can actually jump off of and increase platforms. And then, of course, we had our our wonderful, wonderful little mage Amadeus, uh, who is very adept at juggling crates, and you got to see how that actually works. And I thought it was also very interesting that he comes out of a hut. On a beach, I'm fairly confident that he's probably drunk. Because <laughs> that's just Amadeus. When you, when you start to hear the dialogue, you'll understand. Uh, but it's just kind of cool to see how it interacts with it. Not just that, but again, it's not just throwing blocks or creating a block or moving a block. It's where do I place it in the environment? What things do I need to interact with? And his is a little more, I don't want to say cerebral than the other two. Well, it is but it is it's puzzle solving like his is puzzle solving Zoya's is action and movement based and Pontius is I'm going to smash things and throw boulders at them it this is a perfect showcase of how the three play styles are in this game and you play as all these characters and it's just phenomenal like I I was sold when trying three was announced, before I even knew that trying three was announced, that's how that's how much I love this game series, and this just further cements it. It's just phenomenal. The thing about
1: this game too is that unlike a lot of other platformers, where you don't necessarily need to see gameplay footage, as long as you like the concept or the story or the characters or, or what have you, then you're you're going to get it and play it. But these play different. It's not a regular platformer because you are. it it is far more uh, three-dimensional and Mm -hmm. the gameplay is as well. So seeing how smooth the gameplay is for each of the classes is fairly important. And, they nail it. I mean, when you're I seeing her, her bounce. bouncing, she is very bouncy. Jeez, she is, holy crap, all over the place. And But her gameplay is super smooth and fluid, and you're going like, that looks like so much fun. So, yeah, very exciting. Okay, another trailer that came out that I know I was super freaking stoked about. <laughs> However, and I don't know if they announced whether or not there's going to be a North American release of it. it. No, damn it it's
0: possible but Phoenix, if, if right, so it'll take Sherlock. three or four years
1: it freaking looked awesome i'm not gonna even try to pronounce it
0: you can go ahead and try oh it. come on no no go ahead <laughs> all right yeah we got our trailer for dagyakuten Saibon, the adventures of naruto runosuke you which practice is that you
2: practice that times. in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> Can't prove it. <laughs> Check the tapes. It's almost as if he's been working with you and realized that you're going to call him out to try to get him embarrassed. Oh, <sighs> yes, this is uh, another entry
0: in the wonderful and expansive uh, Phoenix Wright series, and it's another spinoff uh, where you take place, or take the role of one of uh, Phoenix's predecessors in Victorian London having to again work your cases alongside steampunk sherlock holmes dude
1: (laughs) again a reason to learn japanese
2: (laughs) this is that
0: (laughs) this trailer was just awesome like because they know everybody's waiting for the typical phoenix Wright tropes and they play on it and but the game just looks cool and fun and unique and we're probably never going to get it don't say that Do you have any idea how many of these games they've released in Japan? Yeah, man, significantly more than they've released in.
2: (laughs) It just looks so goddamn awesome. You you can hear the crestfallen, the crestfallen. uh, It
0: took it took them, I think, three years just to bring the Phoenix Wright uh, versus Professor Layton game over, and that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, man. Anyways,
1: all right. We also got the intro movie for Heaven's Ward. The expansion for Final Fantasy 14. Now, there are some spoilers in the trailer. And we're actually going to discuss some spoilers as well. Because I watched the trailer. Yes. Now,
0: let's the three of us who have gotten to a grand total combined level of 48 discuss these You, you did not <laughs> let me finish.
1: <laughs> let me finish. Because, as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, we have not played it that much. So when I watched the trailer, it was very pretty and there were (laughs) aspects that were damn cool, but it really wasn't impactful. Meanwhile, I'd been reading people online who were wigging out about it, who were moved some to tears over the trailer. And I'm going, what are we missing here? Because People are very emotional
2: about their Fells. let me tell you.
1: I like my little dude. I like him a lot. He's freaking awesome.
0: Well, after seeing that badass Lalafell assassin. Now yeah. Really thinking.
1: So what I did is I actually reached out to Belgas on Twitter. And for anybody who is interested, check out his site. It's agronaut and he has a podcast as well. And apparently he had a podcast episode where he just talked about this uh, trailer and he broke it apart and things like that to explain part of it. So I talked to him and we were DMing back and forth and he was, cause I was saying like, cause he was one of them saying he was really moved by it. So I was going, okay, explain to me why. <laughs> So here you go. Spoilers. You've been warned because some of this is what happens at the end of the current Final Fantasy when you're playing and whatnot. So basically over the course of the game, you get to know the various scions of the seventh dawn. And they act as he was saying your party would in normal Final Fantasy game kind of thing. And there's political betrayals and and whatnot. And it's Sultana who winds up getting poisoned. And you see that in this video. So she's a scion and you get blamed for it. And the scions give up their lives to save you. So the character in the beginning of the video is you escaping after the scions gave up their lives and you're retreating to Ishgard because you're now wanted. So that's what's going on in the video there, and like what Balgas was saying too, like it, it the the video operates on on two levels. You've got the the one where it's really hitting, striking home for people who finished the, the the campaign and have gotten invested in all of these characters, and then for everybody else, it's just freaking awesome and cool and pretty. Like I was I was telling them and whatnot. Drag but does <laughs> and you Drag arrive. Wounds. At the gates of judgment because he was saying, he was saying quite literally there's nowhere else to go and he's disguised and whatnot because you're, you're on, the, on the run. And so like the gate, the guy with the hood, that's the, the warrior of light yeah. apparently. And that's been
0: their default player character. That's throughout. right. Yeah.
1: So he started off as a bard and then a gladiator and then a warrior and now he shows off being a dragoon as well. So that's what the video is about. So Um, that's why it just showed up in town. He's already got a high level armor set. (laughs) And then you get the dragoon stuff because the freaking dragons come out of the woodwork to come and attack you while you're all in your little sky fortresses. And you see the, 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 the the, the dragoons attacking. And he was saying, what's really cool is that the actual cinematic um, scenes where you see the characters attacking Mm -hmm. match the actual attacks in the game that you can do. So I thought that was pretty freaking awesome too. And the dragoon gameplay, because that's what the dragoons are. They were the class that is meant to fight dragons. That's why a lot of it is jumping around and whatnot. And so you get these badass freaking dragoons bouncing around and attacking all of the, the, uh, the dragons that are coming in and invading. It was a very... Cool trailer. And once you know a little bit more about it, it was like, okay, yeah, that is really quite cool. Very well done.
0: Yeah, I'm abandoning my Marauder and picking up a Lancer now. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I like my Lancer. Just, man. I'm still early enough that I may abandon Cat Bard. Just no, Cat Bard, Joe. I, I will abandon Cat Bard
0: because Dracoon. Uh, this was this was really Awesome on any number of, but it's also kind of like what I tied into uh, last time we talked about this about how they really respect the past of the Final Fantasy franchise, and Dragoon is just such a striking character design uh, for the franchise, probably second only to to Black Mage as far as iconic levels, but I mean, just the way they're presented with like the balancing on the spires it's just oh, yeah. it's such an iconic and classic Final Fantasy feel. Stuff that's missing in other modern Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. but it, it's alive and well here. And even though I had no idea what the hell was going on, it still spoke to me. Yeah, yeah, it
1: it was gorgeous. It was. It, it's one of those trailers that makes you want to play the
0: game and and level up. And, and it also really uh, emphasizes something that we haven't talked much about talking about the game, and that's music. Because oh my god, god yeah. this was freaking phenomenal.
1: I agree. I agree. So moving on, I don't want to spend too much time. We're running a little bit along there. We also got an announcement of the next expansion for Destiny, They're calling it House of Wolves. I still play, and I know a lot of people do. They actually just released, there are over 16 million registered players for Destiny. Which is fairly incredible. Of course, they're not Mm -hmm. all playing, but there are still... I was going to
2: say, I'd like to know the active numbers. There are still a (laughs) lot
1: of people, dude. Like when I go into play, there are still a lot of people in the tower all the time. So it still is getting played. And it's funny because I've been playing um, the Handsome Collection. And so I've been playing the pre sequel, and and yeah, you go to play claptrap, it'll warn you three times. I can't believe you're still playing you sure? claptrap. I am. I like claptraps. It's it's fun. <laughs> he actually plays really interesting. Um, the thing is, is that now I, I've been spoiled by Destiny. The controls in mm-hmm. the pre sequels nowhere near as tight as Destiny. Nowhere near Not even close. And it's it's yeah, it's like one of those where I'm thinking, damn, I kind of wish that I had. Pick the pre-sequel up on PC because it's not the same. Plus, the split screen is a horizontal split screen for for co-op. So when I'm Ouch. playing with my son, you're getting a very thin slice to the point of when you're looking at your abilities or your inventory or whatever, you have to scroll up and down to be able to see everything. Not cool. So again, that's not why they wouldn't
0: do side by side. I don't know. I don't know.
1: The House of Wolves expansion, what it is, is that the Awoken gave the Fallen a home in the Reef, and, but the, the Fallen are, have betrayed the Queen, so she's out for blood now. So she is recruiting Guardians to go and fight. She's opening up the Reef to all of the Guardians, which is going to, of course, increase your, your drops for all of these this new area, different drops, different st- stuff, higher levels. One would assume they are going to be working at upgrading current exotics and legendary gear that's in the game, which is, is nice. They're introducing a different type of end game content that they're calling the prison of elders, which sounds cool as well. They are not doing a new raid, but they did have a, um, uh, a call that they were, that they discussed plans for the rest of the year. And they did say that they're looking at doing a, uh, another raid coming up later on in the year they are also doing the uh, uh trials of osiris osiris whatever which is a three by three clash in osiris the osiris okay we'll go with that um and yeah the earnings call talked about the new raid and, and other stuff that they're working on that's in the pipeline but some of that is speculative as well it does look like this is going to be hopefully better than the dark below that launched on the 9th of December. And frankly, that was in many people's opinion a dud and I personally feel that way as well. So here's hoping that this one has more story and is better integration for what they're, they're they're going to put in.
0: I only want one thing out of this expansion. What's that? The ability to tighten punch the queen's smug brother yeah. right in his <laughs> fucking face. That's
2: all I want. I would not
0: disagree with that.
2: That, That'd be the best DLC ever. Like how many people would actually like, yeah, here's a $40 DLC. You just get to punch somebody in the face that everybody hates. If you know this guy,
1: yes. (laughs) All right. That is going to wrap it up for the week. On one final note, I asked Joe earlier if he was playing the new, expansion for hearthstone the black rock mountain stuff and you have not yet you were saying but if anybody's on the fence about it i picked it up obviously because it's a card game and it's fun and the first week had the grim guzzler and the dark iron arena and the emperor as well and the second week gave us um, gar the baron and ragnaros and as expected We're getting some really cool gameplay mechanics that are introduced with each of these bosses, and it's making it so much fun. A lot more fun than the PvP challenges that you have, just because it's different and you have to build a deck specifically for the bosses. Now the first week wasn't quite as bad. I found I was able to beat them with my existing decks, but this week here I had to scrap decks and start from scratch. Like Gar will bring out zero five creatures, fill his side starts with it with all zero fives. And then he deals one damage per round to all creatures And so he's slowly killing them off. And then if they die, they deal X amount of damage based on how many of them are on the board as well. So in five rounds, you can die. It'll take all of your life. So then you got to start working with, okay, well, am I like, I was actually giving them life and then it made it last a little bit longer so that I could then take him down. There's different ways of doing it. And then the Baron, Oh, he's a bastard. He will deal either five or in heroic ten damage to you if you don't use up all of your mana. So every turn, you have to make sure that you're using up all of your mana. Now, in the early rounds, that means you need a bunch of ones creatures that use one or two mana. But later on, you literally have to use some cards that can Make your abilities cost more just because <laughs> it, you can't have enough. So you wind up never using your full 10. It just, again, it, it, it winds up being something that you really have to plan your deck around. And in, in heroic, I can't remember if he does it in, I think he does in normal, but I know he does in heroic. He tosses a living bomb on your creatures as well. So then they're also dealing five or 10 damage on your turn to everything. So then you need silence cards in your deck as well to silence your own creatures. Tons of fun. Ragnaros has got two different stages, um, which again is, it winds up making you have to think about how you're going to set up your, 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 your deck and whatnot. If you're on the fence about it, I actually really recommend it a lot. It's, a really, I actually am preferring this over the Nax one. I think they really are starting to get the knack for these, which again has me so excited for future ones. So with that, that is the end of the show. Thank you to those who popped by in the chat room. Make sure that you can stop by again next week on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find the show notes at For the Lore, and you can find us on Twitter at For the Lore, or individually Joel Lorderza, J. Vincent Simodian, and myself at Zen Buddhist. And of course, you can leave us your thoughts on iTunes or Stitcher. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. Oh, baby, I'm going to watch Daredevil. <laughs> what, what episode are you on? <laughs> the last one. Oh, I'm
2: so close. All
1: right, so. Sleeping Bill, D3s, and wine. If in 15 minutes. sounds you hear, great. If you hear. <laughs> that's just my <laughs> face hitting the keyboard.
0: Don't worry, we'll keep rolling.
1: get them. I'm going to mail you some
2: booties, some dog booties. <laughs> hey, hey, they're just doing their walking around before they lay down. I just fed them, so they're going to be fat and lazy in a second.
1: Did you go, Joe? Did you uh, go see Fury 7? I saw it on Turks. I did! <laughs> did you think it was as bad as I did? No, I actually really enjoyed the hell out oh of it. Oh my god. And I... I <laughs> Look, if you were expecting, if you were expecting, like... You're not even letting me finish. I was not expecting. I was not expecting, like, a Lawrence of... Ar- okay? Like, this did not have to be intelligent. And once again, that bullshit of you've got a freaking gun on somebody. And I was like, nope, there's going to be a street fight. Toss a gun in there. <laughs> it's like, I'm so tired of seeing that in movies. Because it's never... <laughs> Cool. It's never something that you can say. Oh yeah, you get them. And <laughs> no, it's idiotic. Absolutely
0: idiotic. Like,
1: and then like when he's getting this, of sh-
0: the Indiana Jones scene, one tough guy throws the gun away. The other tough guy goes, Oh, all right. Bang. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I hate it when they do that shit. And I was waiting for it to say he's gonna just shoot the gun in it. Sure enough. God.
2: Damn. I would have preferred if he would have just like, you know, started taking shots and then it turned into a street fight. Okay. Yeah,
1: something. Yeah. Something. I mean, freaking Salem obviously proved he can jump away from bullets
2: earlier on. You know, he first, could do it here. movie. Yeah. <laughs> you have the rock firing a like, fucking hand cannon at him and he's dodging the shit. Yeah. Okay. He can do it
1: you know what? I was last thing I'll say.
0: <laughs> Welcome to For the Lore, where we talk about Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the final scene on the beach. Where, oh, yes. where, uh, where, um, Vin Diesel stands up and he's walking away. I want there to be an outtake somewhere where before he turns to walk away, he says, We are Groot, and then turns and walks away. <laughs> 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 that would be priceless. I'm sure there isn't one for well, legal reasons, be- but it would have been funny as hell.
2: That's, uh, that would have been funny, that would have been perfect.
1: <laughs> That's all I heard in my head. Oh, he was dead.
2: Sad sag was sitting on a block of stone, but over in the corner weeping all alone. The bottom said, anybody, hey, don't you be no square. You can't find a partner, use a wooden chair. That that that
0: Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by ForTheLore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, manellijamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.